what I do is I look for things that are already popular. Like I don't have to make them popular. The sounds are trending in the algorithm. Like apart from the live people who are engaging with me, if I'm not in the algorithm's favor, I'm not in favor because it just won't push me even to my audience. Cause there's been some videos don't make it on the for you page, barely makes it onto people who are following me page. And then it's just a flop. And I'm like, well, I made TikTok angry. I can't. The TikTok God, I can't <laughs> do that again. And TikTok likes trending things. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by Surf. And this is the podcast where we teach you how to grow on social media by talking to people who have actually done it. People like Lean Beef Patty, who has over 4.6 million followers on TikTok, over 1.8 million followers on Instagram, and over 230,000 subscribers on YouTube. I cannot be more excited to have you on the podcast today. Patty, welcome to the show. Hi, Jacob. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm excited to have you here. And where I want to start, I'm curious. I want to know like what got you into TikTok in the first place? Because you started, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was March 2021. So most people started like March, April 2020. You were kind of like a year after that kind of that pandemic boom. So what led to you getting on TikTok and why did it take you longer than most people? So I actually had a TikTok account before. I even had it back when it was musically. Um but it was more like a personal account and I was yeah, just posting shenanigans. And one day I look at my followers and this is no diss to my grandma, but I noticed that my grandma was following me and I was just like embarrassed, you know? So I was like, oh, I can't, no, I can't do that. So I was embarrassed and I was like, I need to start a new account. <laughs> so then I started the Lean Beef Patty also because at the same time I had started a different Instagram account to post fitness things because I was just going through like a time, you know, it was demon mode that time of <laughs> that year. And so I started a fitness Instagram because I was too shy to post it on my personal one. And um, then I thought TikTok would be a great way to make Instagram reels, two birds with one stone. But I didn't want people that I know to see it. So that's what I did. <laughs> and did you want... To like, was creating content something you wanted to do growing up, or like, why was it or just because you were in demoted? Like, I just need was like an accountability thing. Like, why did you start creating content? Why did you want to? I'm not totally sure. It wasn't like I was super, this is what I want to do, but it was like, I already do this. It can keep you accountable. You can track your progress, and it's like all just in one place, you know? And, um, I also try to be helpful. So I was like, maybe my stuff can help somebody else. I really just wanted to, I don't know, give someone ideas or something. And so now today, like fast forward, you know, you said you created these accounts. So like friends and family kind of wouldn't see them. I'm assuming at this scale now people do see them. What was the reaction when people then you're in kind of in your closer circle did start to see some of your content, especially because it was taking off pretty quickly from, from what I can tell. So I did check. My grandma does. She found the lean beef. So it was all for naught, I guess. But <laughs> um, my close friends don't really use social media. So they kind of never found out until I said something to them. But other people who were more so acquaintances would just like reach out randomly, which is fine. But I would be like, that's crazy. We haven't spoken in you know, three years. 
but here you are, you know? <laughs> um, and nothing crazy happened from that. They just say like, oh, I saw you on Twitter. And I'd be like, that's crazy. You know, like, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> of course. But like, it did take off quickly though, right? Like I went back, I did the, I did the scroll all the way back to the beginning. And your first video is like 1.8 million views and like, looks like, I don't know if this is like views from today, people going back, but like most, like you kind of came out the gate hitting over a million on a regular occurrence, right? Like, unless I'm mistaken. Um, it didn't start off quite that hard, but it did kind of kick off immediately. I remember the first video I posted it. Um, I recorded it at 12 AM on a Friday night. Cause I had nothing to do. So I was like stretching in my room and it was originally like a joke. The first video was, these are easy stretches for beginners, which they're not. The last one is like extremely advanced, but I didn't expect anyone to see it. So I was like, this will be funny. And so I posted it at 12 in the morning, went to sleep, woke up the next day. I think it had like 100,000 likes or something. And I was like, oh my God. You know, I was like, that's crazy. So then I just kind of like reacted with the comments and I was like, let's see what people are saying. Are they into it? Are they not vibing with it? And kind of go from there. I feel like that's the story for a lot of people where they just post that one, it takes off. They don't intend for it to be anything and then it becomes something. And so when you're interacting with the people in the comments off that first video, you know, 100,000 likes for a lot of people is probably like a huge deal. And so are you in that moment thinking like, this could be something or are you like, this is a fluke. Like I just got to kind of enjoy this moment or can I turn this into a career? Like what is going through your mind when you're seeing all this stuff happening? On my old TikTok account, I actually did have one other video that kind of popped off. Um, I used to have pet rats and I just took a video of my rat and it popped off. And I didn't take advantage of that at the time when like when this other second video popped off, I recognized that that was happening. And I was like, if I had done what I did with the rat video, I probably could have been a successful rat TikToker. But <laughs> I didn't. But I did it. So I was like, here there's an opportunity and I could let it slide by and maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing, but I won't know if I don't try. So what are some of the things you did to follow up on it? Cause you followed up on it successfully. I found some metrics. I don't know if they're accurate, but I think it was like within your first nine videos, you had 150,000 followers within your first two months, you passed 800,000 followers. Like, so what did you do to follow up that first video that led to some of that growth? I read a lot of comments and I, even if there was like negative ones, which there really wasn't, but if there was, I kind of respected what they had to say. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. That's fine. And then <laughs> for the positive ones that were like asking me for something, they were like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And I was like, of course I can do that for you. So then I just did what they asked me to do. I'm sure you're getting a lot of requests. Was it like requests you'd see pop up over and over again that you decided to film? Or like, how did you filter through everything to figure out what you should do and versus what you shouldn't? At the beginning, yeah, it was definitely seeing like the repeated patterns of people would ask for one specific thing. And I'd be like, okay, 10 people have asked to see this. So I'm sure more than 10 want to see it. So. And also with like that much attention that quickly one like you followed it up really well which you see a lot of people aren't able to do they have that one video that pops off that has nothing to do with the rest of their content and they don't know how to capitalize on it so you've capitalized on it really well but there's also something with getting that much attention that quickly was there ever a point where it was too much or where you felt like quitting or anything or was it always just kind of on the up um you actually did just make another good point that they'll make a video that's not related to their other stuff and then it's really hard to recognize that i think a benefit i had was 
it started blank, you know, so I didn't have to change anything. I just started from the bottom. Um, but anyway, back to your other question. Um, it was never like overwhelming where I wanted to quit, but also I do this thing where I'm sure it's not unique to me, but I don't look for myself, if that makes sense. Like, I know there's a lot of content about me, probably, because <laughs> people send it to me online, but I don't go out of my way to look for it because people say a lot of interesting things. And I think if I read all of the interesting things they had to say, I'd probably be like, ooh, wow, I'm not feeling spectacular. <laughs> you know? Okay. So it's kind of like keeping that tunnel vision almost like engaging with your community, like within your own content, but not really looking outside of that. Yeah. I just try to stay with the people who are interested and engaging with me. I engage back with them. And so like today sitting on TikTok now, 4.6 million followers. Do you ever stop and just think about that number? I know you're kind of like, you're always in the community, but like just how many people that that is like, you're getting almost a million, if not over a million views per video. Like those are crazy numbers. Like, do you stop and, and think about that? Sometimes it's hard to put into perspective, I think, cause I don't know if I've ever seen a million people in front of my eyes. So like, I don't know. I'm sure that's big. I'm sure that's a lot, but I've never seen it. So, and I'm really bad at math, you know, I'm bad at numbers. <laughs> So it's kind of hard to visualize. That's, so with not being able to kind of visualize it, what about like, because I feel like something for a lot of people, especially when they get a lot of traction really quickly, is imposter syndrome. Like why, why is it happening to me? Like, oh, this is an accident. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, are those thoughts that you have as you've kind of been navigating over the last year and a bit, this, this success on social media? Definitely, yeah. I would say I get that. Just because I, you know, my mom tells me I'm special. But I don't really, there's nothing crazy. I feel like anyone could be in my position right now and probably be doing just fine. So sometimes there is a thought like, why me? You know, it's not, I don't feel incredible though. I kind of want to flip that around though. Cause you said like anybody could have this success, but I don't think that that's true because I see a lot of people on TikTok, like part of my job is is influencer marketing. So I'm looking at creators all day, every day. And like, I don't see a lot of people who are creating the way you're creating, having as much success. Like you don't use, you don't really talk on your TikTok. It's all sounds and text for the most part, right? Like to build a community and audience like that, that's that size and that engaged is very rare. It's like, what do you think it is that you've done that's allowed you to do that? I know when you put it like that, I'm not so sure. I have been thinking about, <laughs> I have been thinking about, cause I, you're right. I've never, spoken on tiktok on that platform except for twice i went live and it was it just was awkward because i didn't know what to say and in the first video i had like it was like within my first couple of months on tiktok too so i was like i don't know what this is you know i just like had a goat and i was just like with with the goat anyway um i've been thinking i should probably talk but that seems more stressful because i don't think i have anything worth saying which sounds kind of awful but i think what I do is I look for things that are already popular. Like I don't have to make them popular. The sounds are trending in the algorithm. So like I've seen a video with this specific sound three times in the past 24 hours. I know it's a popular sound. 
So I do stuff like that. But then how do you build? Cause like, I feel like how you've grown and like your audience is very engaged. Like I said, like you're pulling over a million views usually per video with a ton of comments, a ton of engagement. Like, and I feel like I have people on this podcast and the advice they say is don't do, don't use the trending sounds. Don't do all the trends. Like you won't build like an engaged audience if you're just following the trends, but like you're taking all this advice people telling me not to do, you've done it and it's worked really, really, really well for you. Like, is there any specific reason why you think it has? Mm, yeah. So I don't know why they would say that. Maybe I should listen to that just to hear what they're having to say, like their opinion, because what I do is I'm thinking more on like a technical side, like apart from the live people who are engaging with me, if I'm not in TikTok, the algorithms favor, I'm not in favor because it just won't push me even to my audience. Cause there's been some videos that don't make it on the for you page barely makes it onto people who are following me page and then it's just a flop and I'm like well I made TikTok angry I can't the TikTok god I can't <laughs> do that again and TikTok likes trending things that's a good point I think like for for context like why people usually say that as the advice is like if you want to build like a true relationship with your audience, you have to be doing something more than just the trends like you don't want to be known as just the person that does those TikTok trends because then when they're if for example, if there is no TikTok trends, like what are you going to do that's going to engage with your audience? But I think what you've done a really good job of is you add like your personality comes through on those trends. Like you're not somebody who like, so you rely on those trends kind of to like, to your point, algorithmically to get that boost. But like, so people find you the algorithm of doing the trend, but they stick around because of your personality that comes through in your content. Yeah. Not every single thing is a trend. Like some things you like, this is a trend. This is just like a workout. You know, this is. I'm eating today. Here's my food. You know, something like that. <laughs> no, hundred percent. And so like you talked about like some of those videos, they don't get picked up. The algorithm just is not feeling you today. So you don't, your videos don't do well, but when a video is going to do well, like one that's going to do really, really well, like, can you tell pretty quickly when you're like, oh, this video is going to take off or does it take some time for you to realize how good a video is going to perform? Usually in the past I could. And that would be if it got like, this is just like an arbitrary number, but this is the number that I go off of. Like a hundred thousand likes within an hour is like, okay, we're doing pretty good. There's an opportunity here. And then maybe the next hour it replicates that and does 200,000. Then I'm like, that's good. And then there's some where I'll be watching and I'm like, this is a banger. This is going to be good. And then it just doesn't. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's, that's fair. You know, whatever. I really liked it, but, <laughs> and then there's others where, I'm like, I don't, I just did it like randomly and then it blows up. I'm like, why did that happen? So sometimes I don't know. No, I feel like that's a consistent thing I've heard throughout doing this show is that the one you were like, this is the stupidest video. I shouldn't even post it. But then you should like, fuck it. And you post it anyways. That's the one that takes off and does insanity. And it's the one you spend like all day working on. That's like your baby of a video that just does nothing. I feel like that's something I hear people all the time that you never do actually know what's going to take off. But you talked about a minute ago how you want to start talking on TikTok. Why, why do you feel like you want to start talking on TikTok? And kind of on the parallel of that, why do you feel like you don't have anything to say? I think talking would just open the gates to more potential types of videos, you know, just talking about things, advice, experiences. But the several times where I've thought of something to say, I felt like I shouldn't post it because it was nothing that offered a solution, which I know that 
not everything has to have a solution. But I was like, this just feels like me rambling and being like, I have a problem in my life. Do you also have this problem? And like, I don't know (laughs) if I want to put that out there, you know, without offering like, I had this problem. I overcame it. Here's maybe help you. So do you think that like you will ultimately post? Like, let's just say by the end of June, do you think you'll have posted a talking video? It's June 9th. Probably not. Probably not by the end of June. No. Because I've been thinking about this for like quite a few months and I had drafts and uh, they just never made it out of the draft. So tell me then about kind of like, let's, how do you come up with ideas for your TikToks? Like for those ones you film, maybe not even just the talking ones specifically, but all your videos in general, like how are you coming up with ideas and what's a good enough idea that it makes it out of the drafts? I mean, I usually for like the videos that really do well or ones that don't offer too much substance. They're more just pure entertainment, like a cosplay or something. And that I always base it around a transition idea. And so sometimes those take me a really, really long time to do, even if I take 10 drafts and they all look exactly the same, because I'll see like one little thing that isn't right. And even though I know nobody else is going to notice, it's like, I notice that's enough. Then I'd have like a thousand drafts. I think to your point, like, even though no one's going to notice, I had this conversation on here recently is that those little things, those little 2% things that no one else is going to notice, that might be the 2% of things that separates you. You know what I mean? Like the top, top performers in anything, like they care about those little, little details and that's why they're the top performers. So even though no one might notice, it might be what's actually separating you at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. I'd think maybe a little bit that's accurate just like subconsciously because it'll be like subtle things like I turn at this exact beat versus like the other beat and like to me that is incredibly important but (laughs) maybe to someone else they wouldn't think about that until they see it and they're like oh yeah you know that was nice but it didn't register as nice yeah I get you're saying it's like a subconscious thing so like your point like no one's gonna watch and be like oh they she turned at this specific beat like she nailed the, the turn but like it'll just like like this they'll be more satisfied with that video and they might not necessarily be able to put into words why and when, so you said you have like, sometimes you have like 10 drafts and it takes you forever. What's the posting cadence you're aiming for? Are you trying to post every single day? Is it every couple of days, twice a day? Like, what does that look like? It depends. I usually post at least once every other day, which I heard somebody say once, like you got to post like four times a day. I'm like, that's a lot. Especially when you're a person like me who's taking 10 drafts and it takes you an hour to make one five second video. That's really not easy so i try to do once every other day but once a day um would also be great occasionally i'll do two a day like today i think i'll post one later today but i already posted one so gotcha so do you are you when you say like takes you an hour to shoot a video you have a bunch of different drafts are you trying to bulk shoot ever or are you literally like you wake up tomorrow you have no video you got to figure it out and post something i do try to bulk shoot so i have like at least a couple of drafts in there but if that doesn't happen then I'll wake up and I'll be like, I got to go. I got to do something, you know, and hopefully I already have an idea. Like usually I do a rough draft. I'll just record with the sound and then I'll put text over it and say like, this is what I want to do. But if I don't do that, then it's panic in the morning. Then it's like, I got, I got to just pull a rabbit out of the hat right now. That's cool. So you're saying you almost like you brainstorm within the TikTok app and like just use the sound as like kind of like a whiteboard almost. And you just kind of bullet point out that idea in video form. Yeah, exactly. Or even like, I'll just be doing something during the day and I'll be like, this would be a good idea. And I'll write it down and I'll go and try to do it later. That's cool. I've never heard of anybody using 
the app as like a way to jot down their ideas. I think that's super unique. That that's really cool. And when did so is TikTok your full time thing now? And social media kind of in general? Yeah, social media in general. I don't think TikTok itself would be able to sustain me living. Um, but <laughs> it is helpful. At what point did you take the jump to full time? I think I was like maybe ooh, I'd have to check exactly. I was maybe like five or six months into like my TikToking and it had surpassed my other job that I had at the time. And my other job, I don't know. I was already having issues with it. So I was like, well, I could <laughs> I could take a risk on this. And if it doesn't work, I got to find something else anyway. So even even that, like, you know, it was kind of like you really logic your way to that reasoning. You reasoned your way to that logic um, that like, you know, you're making more money. You were kind of unsatisfied with the job you had already. Was it still a scary jump to, to be like, I'm going to do social media as my full-time job? Yeah, it was a scary jump. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's definitely scary, especially if you don't have anything you can fall back on. Like in my personal life, I know I'm very lucky that if something ever happened to me, my parents would accept me back. And I know not everybody has that option, but I knew that was there for me if I fell straight on my face. Okay. But I mean, that was, you said five months in, so just over about a year ago now you've been doing this full time? Mm-hmm. I think so. What would your advice be to somebody who wants to be in that position that wants to be a full-time creator? I would say make sure the income you're getting in, however you're, however you're getting it in, um, is more than what you had going on before. I'm kind of a frugal person though, so I just save everything just in case. Um, I see a lot of people in a similar position as me who are also very successful, but they live like they're more successful, if that makes sense. And that kind of scares me. I would say live within your means when you start being successful in here, because it might disappear like immediately. 100%. I have a friend named Buster who hosts some hosts its own podcast and stuff. And he talks about like the, the career of an influencer, like even though that's not everybody's favorite word, but like the career of an influencer can be like shorter than the career of a professional athlete. And so like people don't, people think it's going to last forever, but in some cases it might, but in some cases it might not. And so a lot of people like to your point, they, they live out of their means and it won't be their means for very long. And then that, that kind of hurt them in the long run. And also to your point of like saving up enough, say you're make your weights, so you're making more with, the social media than, than your full-time job. So many people like they want to rush to leave their job and do social media just so they can say they're doing it full-time because it gives them like some form of validation, but it puts them in a tougher spot and then makes it harder to sustain over the long run. Cause then you're opening yourself to like brand deals you don't want to do just to get money in the door and pushing products. You're not like you wouldn't actually use and things like that. So it leads to a more inauthentic relationship with you and your community if you're trying to force it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another thing that I never wanted to put myself in the position of is having to do these like advertisements that I just felt were cheesy. So I say no to like 90% of the offers I get because I'm like, if I can't make this look 100%
organic, it is not worth anything. You're going to pay me because I value my audience more than I value this check you're offering. And I feel like in like the fitness and health space, like there's so many like questionable products that probably come knocking, asking you to promote it. So it's like, not only do you have to want to make sure it's like you can make the ad authentic, but also that you're pushing like a, a good product as well. Cause I feel like there's so much shit out there that you have to like filter through. Yeah, there is definitely. Um, also, I try not to really promote anything that I wouldn't or don't use myself on a regular basis and something that I don't believe in. Um, just because I think if you do do that after a while, people are going to catch on and be like, uh, I don't know, this is kind of sketch. So I would just hate for that to be me. My favorite is when people start talking about like mobile games that they just absolutely love and they can't put down and they talk about it like one time, then you never hear them talk about it ever again. And it's just like, and they do that multiple times. Like that, that's my favorite. But one thing you've done that's really smart as well is you don't just rely on the brand deals. You know, a lot of creators think to go full time, I need to just grow my account so I can get big brand deals. But like looking at your link and bio, like you have a couple of different digital products as well that you've, that you've put together, you sell in there. And I'm curious, why did you do that? Cause not a lot of creators I've seen recently that like, especially when they get traction, like in the last, we'll say 12 to 18 months, like that's not something they think of to do early on. So why did you decide to do that? Well, that was like the first thing I thought of because I didn't really know how those brand deals were going to come about because I didn't have anyone helping me. I'm really bad with networking. I didn't really know anybody. So I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. So I thought, well, if I can make something myself, I can control that. And I don't have to rely on a big company to come and hold my hand. So I did that. I made like a gym program based off of my personal gym program. And that was the first program. And then since then I've made a couple more and, um, yeah, but for some reason it's harder for me to promote those because I feel like they're such a part of me that if somebody didn't like that, it would hurt a lot more than if they don't like a t-shirt, you know? And so with those ones then like to push those out, is it more so like if, and when somebody asks, you can direct them there, but it's like, you'll never make a video about like this program that they can buy at your link in bio. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, or if I come out with one, which I do pretty rarely because I just do like a one time, you just pay once and then you can access it whenever kind of thing. Cause I just, that's easier for me mentally. When I make one once every six months or whatever it is, then I'll be like another one, <laughs> you know, go check it out if you want to. Something like that. Would you ever down the line consider doing a subscription of some kind? Um, I've thought about it. Um, and I did have one that was kind of more subscription, but it felt like a lot more pressure to always be putting different content on there. And I already try to do like on Instagram, I try to do a lot of helpful tips. I like being helpful more than just trying to rely on, oh, you like the way I look like, you know. Look at me. I try not to do that. So I try to offer something that I think is valuable. And it felt like I needed to put something different on the subscription, which that was just like so much content to create. It was really overwhelming. So I was like, I don't like subscription at the moment. That's fair. I, I get that too. Like with, especially because if it's, they're paying every single month, like where that pressure comes from, of like having to deliver on that value every single month. 
Um, so I understand that. I understand. Are you doing anything with affiliates as well? Or like, cause I know you have a bunch of different, like in your bio, it's like a bunch of different, like use code beef to get 10% off, whatever. Are those brand deals or are some of those affiliates? Yeah. So it's more like affiliate where I use it. I like it. If you are also interested, then you can get a discount and it helps me a little bit too. So I'd also appreciate that, you know? So affiliate. Got you. Okay. And so then you mentioned that you started doing, I'm assuming like affiliates as part of it. You also mentioned you were selling your own products because, you know, you didn't necessarily know where these brand deals were going to come in from. Do you have, and you were by yourself, do you have a team around you now? Do you have people helping you bring brand deals in? Or are you still, still flying solo? Um, I do work with a management company who kind of offers me, I don't know if brands come to them that were trying to reach me or if they find the brands. I'm really not sure. I didn't ask too many questions, but they send, they send me like some deals. Sometimes I say yes. Depends what it is. Uh, usually it, it's, I won't say yes if it's like selling a product. I usually be like, no, nah, I can't do that. See, so you said to you that like with part of the consideration with the brand deals is that you don't want to, to like ruin the relationship you have with your audience. And it's like, where did that long-term thinking come from? Cause again, not a lot of people have that, that thought where it's like the brand, especially cause like some of the check sizes, I'm sure are probably not too small. So like to be able to turn that down for the relationship with these people that follow you, like, where do you, where does that come from within you? For a lot of the things that I post, I try to think if I was on the other end of this, would I appreciate seeing this content? So most of the time I don't appreciate seeing people just like pushing random stuff. I'm like, I don't know something about it. You're just rubbing me a certain kind of way. Like sometimes I can be like, that's fine. Get your bag. I see you. But when it's always like that, and it's always just random stuff. And you can kind of tell them just like, I don't know. So that's how it is. I just try to think how the like viewer is going to perceive this. And if I was them, how would I feel about that? And I probably wouldn't feel spectacular. And how much, how much time do you spend every day interacting with your community? Do you like set aside like an hour of time to do it or an hour a day? Or like how often are you kind of engaging with them? I don't set aside like a specific amount of time. I just kind of try to do it constantly, more or less, like just never stops. But if I post something, then I know there's going to be more interaction right when I post something. So I'll be interacting more right when it's posted. And then maybe I'll go back at some point and just like find a random comment that was posted like two days ago and be like, haha, yeah, you know, like something, whatever. <laughs> it's appropriate to say back. And with your content, so you're posting, you said every every other day that you're posting, do you do like a a formal review process of your analytics? Like how often are you looking at your analytics to see what's working and what's not? I'm really not the best at that. I really don't look too hard. I feel like that would probably stress me out. Some uh I look just like casually every once in a while, usually on Instagram to see like how the engagement is with Instagram is a fickle beast. Instagram's crazy. Cause like sometimes <laughs> you'll do nothing wrong and they'll just be like zero engagement for you. No more. You've had enough. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. So <laughs> sometimes that's not good. And there's not really anything you can do about that with Instagram. There's not really anything you can do either way, but that's where I look. 
Not too frequently, though, because it might make me sad. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and so with Instagram, I'm curious because you don't post as like you don't post your reels as frequently as TikTok, right? Like I kind of had them like side by side yesterday. And it looks like you're posting more of your videos on TikTok and not as many on reels. Is it like you wait to see which ones like pop off really well on TikTok and then put them on reels? Or like, how do you decide what goes on reels versus what goes on TikTok? 99.9% of the reels are just from TikTok. So I'm not like making them different. I think maybe at the very beginning, I made some that I made on reels, which was weird now thinking about it. It was just like a different way to create. But for Instagram, it's different because I like to switch off between, and usually I'll do it like every other post. I'll do a carousel, which is something more helpful. Like here's a mobility routine or like here was my workout for the day. And then sometimes I'll put some memes on the end and I'm like, that was entertaining. And then the next time that I post, it'll be a reel and I'll switch off like that. Kind of jumping back to analytics, what are some of the key metrics that you're looking at when you do look? Like, is it the watch time? Is it average like view duration, completion percentage? Like what are some of those things you're looking at? For Instagram, usually I just look at, it has something, what's it called? I think it's called reach or something. It's just like how many accounts you've reached. So I just look at that. And then for TikTok, when you check each individual video, it will tell you like the watch time. I don't think it tells you watch time on Instagram, but maybe it does. I don't know. But um, I'll look at the watch time for the video and I don't know. I can usually tell which ones are going to do better. The shorter videos because people don't have to sit there. That's what I was going to say. Some of the things I, I don't know if you do it intentionally. Like you do the text on screen, which obviously is like for context because you're not talking. But I'm sure that also helps with retention because people are like reading it to follow along and they're trying to keep up with the text as it's on screen. And you also keep your videos short, like usually under 15 seconds, which means people are probably watching most of, if not all of that video. So you probably have really high retention time because the videos are short and people are trying to read the text on screen. And then if they're just reading the text on screen, they probably weren't watching you. So then they're watching the video again to watch you because they're reading the text the first time. So your retention just goes up and up and up. Is that like stuff you're doing on purpose? Like because it'll increase retention time? Not necessarily. Sometimes I just okay. feel like this video would be not as good without words on it, you know? So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'll put words. With Instagram versus TikTok, is your Instagram audience like like a section of your TikTok audience that's moved over? Or is it a whole separate audience on Instagram and a whole separate audience on TikTok? I think definitely there is some crossover where they like TikTok is a good, I don't remember the word exactly, but like a pathway thing over where it, a funnel, funnel <laughs> over to something else. <laughs> but Instagram has had its own moment. Like there are some people on there who don't follow me anywhere else. And there's also some people on YouTube who don't follow me anywhere else. And I'm like, that is interesting because I wouldn't expect that. I would think it would just be funneled, but I appreciate it. And I do want to ask you about YouTube because like I, I know we're talking before this, and you're like, I don't even know how many subscribers I have on YouTube right now. But like your I see a lot of creators try to make that TikTok to YouTube jump and it is not a jump to make. And we've kind of talked about how tight knit your community is like thus far. And like you're, you've been on YouTube, I think for like five months, you're at over 200,000 subscribers. You, I think every single video you've posted has surpassed a hundred thousand views and you're posting long form content. Like when a lot of TikTokers 
make that jump from TikTok to YouTube. They just post their shorts because they know they work and they get a lot of views quickly off shorts, but you're not doing that. It's like, how have you made that jump to YouTube so successfully? Well, see, everybody tells me to do the shorts, but I just keep forgetting. And then I feel bad because I'm like, I feel like I'm just straight up reusing the content. And like, I'm sure nobody would look at it and be like, I already saw this, but like, maybe they would. I don't know. I would feel bad about it. Um, for YouTube, it is definitely more difficult for me because you just, it's a longer process. And I feel like there's more thought that has to go into whatever video you're making. There's times when I've recorded like a full day of things and then went back and looked at the footage and be like, no, not making the cut. The whole day is scrapped. So <laughs> it's really more consuming. But why do you think you've been so successful? I don't want to sound like conceited in saying this, but it's like some feedback that I've gotten is I don't really try to copy anyone else's style. It's very much my style is shortcuts, a lot of sound effects. I like it. I love it. I have limited the sound effects because I got some, <laughs> I got some like people were overwhelmed with the amount of little snippets I put in there, which I thought was hilarious. But I was like, that's fair. I'll respect your feedback and we'll meet in the middle. I'll reduce them a little bit. Um, so I just try to do that same as the other stuff. Just kind of listen to what they want but also for youtube because i think it is more difficult for me personally i'll listen to what my audience is requesting but within reason like there's some things where it's like i like recording at the gym by myself gives me overwhelming it's so i cannot handle it so like if i had a friend a lot of my earlier videos were like gym vlogs with my friends but then they moved gyms so i was like oh no <laughs> So now I had to switch it up to do something different. But like, even though you've switched it up, like everything's still been working. Like you've been five months at it, over 6 million views in your first five months. So you're doing over a million views per month, which is just insane. And so like with YouTube, obviously like the thumbnail and the title is so key. Like how do you think about designing your thumbnails and coming up with titles that they get clicks? Well, one thing that I used to really like to do even before all this social media was just like photo editing, make like a crazy looking photo. Like all the pictures I had on my other accounts were just bizarre looking because I was like, I think this is eye catching and I think this is, I think this will be good. And then the like-minded people that also like that kind of thing liked it. So I look at the other successful thumbnails and how they look and try to emulate that. Like people like seeing you in the thumbnail big striking flexing so, <laughs> so i recently started doing that adding cute little things like little cutouts um keep the yeah i don't know let's see what else within the title i try not to be clickbaity because that would just be upsetting if it was me. I'd be like, you tricked me. But <laughs> but I try to take like the main theme of what the video is going to be and use the best words. You know, 
like what I eat in a day, which I guess is not like crazy, but that's everybody, whatever reason, it might be some sort of weird, people just like watching other people eat mukbang, whatever. So when you see something like, oops, what I'm eating, they like it. And when you say you're looking at other thumbnails, like, does that mean like you're looking at your past thumbnails, like the thumbnails within your niche that people have done or kind of like thumbnails that just YouTubers in general do like, how are you finding these successful thumbnails to study? Um, just the discover page or whatever that front page on YouTube is called, because that's usually where like, I do follow some people. So I'll have the section where I just see my friends. And then there's other sections where you see what's popular. So I look at what's popular and, um, those big hitters usually have the best thumbnails. You talked about how you like to do the quick cuts, uh, the, all the sound effects, which like I was watching. What was I watching yesterday? I think it was your second Q&A video. And I like was listening on double speaks. So I was trying to like make sure I had enough. I did some research before this and like the sound effects were just going off because it was on double speeds. They were happening like every couple <laughs> seconds. Like, but, <laughs> but so like clearly when you're watching that, like normally at regular speed, like it's moving along so quickly that like, it keeps you engaged in the video the whole way through. Is there anything else you're trying to do to kind of keep retention over the course of a video? Well, some things that I exclude that, cause the shortcuts is something that I heard as a recommendation a while ago. I was watching like how to have a successful YouTube video and they're like shortcuts because people don't like dead space. And I was like, that's true. I don't like dead space. So <laughs> another thing they were like, you should do like an intro, no intro. You know, I don't really like if someone clicks on my video, or if I click on someone else's video and they have an intro, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I'm going to skip it. You know, like I'm not trying to see little show and dance for a solid 45 seconds. I'm going to skip it. So I just get rid of that because I consider that dead space. I wouldn't watch that. So get rid of it. Um, get rid of all the dead space. And add in the sound effects for just, I don't know, comedic effect. Sometimes was, I think there's been a couple times where I've said something like kind of deep and then there's just like a fart noise. I'm like, I feel like that was comedic relief. You know, that was, that was good. Do you try and structure your videos in a specific way to have like a specific storyline where there's like rising action and like falling and then like you have to like overcome an obstacle? Like, is that ever a consideration in your videos? Um, Not really, but I kind of like that. It used to be for like the workout vlogs. It'd be I'm going to the gym. I'm working out and then usually, I don't know, have a snack afterwards. It'd be like that would be the setup. Um, otherwise, most of them are just kind of like tag along with me type of videos. So it'll be like if I'm eating, maybe in the beginning of the day, I start out kind of slow and then it gets more exciting as I'm feeling more crazy. And then at the end of the day, we sit down together and I say, thank you for coming. And that's the conclusion. Do you wrap it up really quickly with the conclusion? Like I've seen, I was watching someone recently and it's just like his videos almost like they didn't have a conclusion. Like he was trying to wrap them up so quickly. Do you do that? Or do you just kind of like wind down slowly? They are kind of quick. I do usually say something cause I, I don't know how to end a video. I don't, I don't know if you do that. You just like turn off the camera, but I usually, <laughs> I usually will be just like, um, sitting there doing whatever I'm doing. Then I look at the camera and I'm like, I guess that's it. 
adios. And then, and then, <laughs> and then the screen goes black and I always have a closing screen that just has the words the end on it and always a goofy little song. It's like, you know, and then that's the end for like 10 seconds. As, and so you said you don't do YouTube a ton right now, right? Like it's kind of, cause it's a little bit harder. Like it's a little more sporadic. Is there a, a plan to try and ramp it up a little bit more? Maybe get an editor or something. So it gets easier for you. Is that, is that something you're thinking about? Um, well right now I just do usually one video a week unless something happens and I'm unable to, I post usually Sundays at 12. I schedule it. I finish the editing by like Saturday and then I schedule it for Sunday. Um, I don't know just because I've never considered myself a control freak, but because I do like the editing so specific, it's so specific to like, this is what I'm into. This is what I want to see. This is how I want to portray myself. Fart noises and all. And so I don't know if I could do an editor. Sometimes people do reach out and I'm always very flattered and I thank them. And I'm like, thank you for the offer. But I'm going to have to decline at this time. Something like that. Um, Maybe. Who knows in the future? Who knows? So what's like your long term vision for everything? Like, where do you want to take this? Um, I don't know, because I don't know exactly what the options would be for me. I do sometimes struggle with vision, I guess. Um, so I feel like maybe you see these other really big people who started out as just like shenanigan influencers doing other crazy things like I could probably only name like two but <laughs> maybe maybe that'll happen to me maybe I'll go on a red carpet one day and they'll be like there's Lee Beef Patty or maybe not maybe I'll just keep making fart YouTube videos which I would also be happy with if people kept loving that I would be totally happy with just straight lining my shenanigans do you ever fall into the comparison trap especially in the fitness industry i feel like that's got to be pretty tough like is that something you you deal with with other fitness creators or whatever it might be yes definitely and i think i didn't actually have this problem as bad before i started doing this because i wasn't very active on social media so i didn't really look at other people that were doing fitness none of my friends really like to work out like they're fit but like they don't like to work out so it was never really they weren't telling me things I didn't see anything. I only looked at memes and I still mostly look at memes. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's hard. You'll see these people, whether it's just like direct comparison of your body, comparison of like success, which like not that I'm not happy for anybody else, but I'm just like, oh, I'm scared, you know, for myself, you know, I don't know. something. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. There is comparison issues that were not present before. And what about burnout? You know, if you, cause you're the person who's filming everything, you're editing everything, you're posting everything, you're applying to all the comments, like where do you find time to take a break? And is there ever a thought or consideration about burnout? Yeah, I do think about burnout sometimes. Cause sometimes I felt like it was there. Like I wasn't just going to like quit, but Every once in a while, it hits you and you're just kind of like, I'm tired. I think I've stretched myself a wee bit too thin. <laughs> um, in which case, sometimes I'll just take like one day off. Um, 
But then I feel stressed because I feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm missing out with my time, the algorithm, you know, whatever I'm thinking about. <laughs> so it's just a little rat race, I guess. And I've heard you say elsewhere before that you're motivated usually by anger. Is that accurate? Anger? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, I try. I think that that is... I had this conversation with somebody like two days ago and they were asking me, they were like, what's your favorite emotion to feel? I was like, I don't know, probably anger. And they're like, me too. And we had like a moment. And I was like, I think it's just because it's such a strong feeling and you feel the most powerful when you feel like that. Not that I would want to like punch somebody in the face, not like that kind of angry, but just, (laughs) just it's the best emotion for me, at least to have in the gym. I don't really like having those sad workouts no no happy ones are okay too but sometimes when you're happy it would be better if you were just a little bit upset um you just feel a little bit stronger but i'm not angry all the time i stopped having like a demon mode moment sometime last year and then i had a crisis because i was like i'm not angry anymore my anger's gone i'm gonna fail you know so i had that so with social media you said you're kind of cool with it being just kind of being what it'll be over the next while. Do you think there's ever a point? Cause I know with gymnastics, you love gymnastics until you didn't, and then you stopped. Is, are you worried that that's something that might happen with social media? I am, but I think social media is a little bit more diverse in its possibilities than gymnastics is, especially, I don't know, for me, in my mind, with gymnastics, it was like, you're either successful by 16 or you will not be a success. And I was like, I am not, <laughs> I'm not there. So, <laughs> so I didn't um, meet that. But for this, it's more like, if I'm having a time, maybe I could try to do something else. And maybe it would work and maybe it would not. And maybe I go live in the desert. I don't know. Rock God living in the desert. Um, so how often do you do you look back on the journey. I usually ask people this question, like with their social media journey, I know for you, it's still so still must feel so new with it only being just over a year now, but like, how often do you look back kind of on just the journey as a whole to that person who was doing gymnastics and felt that pressure to, to the person you are now? I don't look back on like that far, like gymnastics and stuff all that often, other than for my whole life, I've appreciated. It. I think that definitely made me into the person I am today as far as like the gym. I think one of the hardest parts is consistency and staying committed. And gymnastics really drilled that into me of like, you got to do this. Like, there's no reason you're not doing this. So I'm doing it. Um, (laughs) And um, as far as looking back on the social media experience, I actually look back on yesterday. Because I went through my TikTok videos because somebody asked me, I think yesterday I made like a mobility video. I was like seven lower body mobility moves that I like, you know, something like that. And somebody commented and they were like, is there a playlist for things like this? I was like, there's not. Um, but that is a great idea. I will make one. So I went back through all my videos and categorized them into like cosplay, workouts and mobility, food. So I looked back on it yesterday. And how does, how does it make you feel looking back on it? Um, weird. Cause I felt like I just looked way different and looking back on my whole experience, it 
Okay, looking back on the recent experience makes me feel weird. But looking back on the whole experience makes me feel pretty good. Because even though in the past I think I was more dedicated mentally, I definitely did not know what I was doing as well. And a lot of my practices were very mentally and physically harmful. So I think I've grown a lot as a person from the beginning of my fitness journey to now and seeing that the things in the past that really scared me actually didn't destroy me. So that was cool to have happen. And is that how you kind of figure out what you were doing? You know, you say more committed mentally, but you're not entirely, like more committed mentally and from a discipline standpoint, but you're not entirely sure what you're doing. Like, or how do you find what it is you're supposed to be doing? For a lot of people, I feel like that's the question. Like, what do you want to do? That's something they struggle with. Being more involved with the fitness community, which I never was before. I just really stayed to myself and didn't have any desire to kind of research things in the past and like see what was good. It was just like, this feels good. I'm doing this and I don't care about anything else other than this feels good right now. Um, so that's what I used to do. But now I just am looking at it more. I don't know a word. I was going to say like smart, smartly. That's not a word, but you know what I'm saying? I'm just looking at it more balanced, I guess. Um, and looking at reputable sources or like people I respect. But not, but also not um, completely invalidating things that I question a little bit. It's just like, that's interesting. I think I'll take that, I'll note that and come back to it and kind of assess is this thing this person said backed up by things that researchers are saying or are they just and now at this point because i've been doing it for a while especially within the last year year and a half i think i've had a lot more experience just looking at different things that i more looking now in the last year and a half than in the past 10 years that i've ever looked at fitness so i just look more what advice would you give 12 year old patty 12 year old patty oh jeez. um 12-year-old Patty was, like, kind of having a moment. Um, and I think she definitely would not have taken any advice I would have given her, for sure. But <laughs> she would have been like, heck no. Um, probably advice would be diversify your hobbies. Because at that point, my only hobby was gymnastics. And that really, mentally, I had a rough time when I quit. Because my entire identity was gone. Immediately fell into like mental health issues, like literally immediately. <laughs> so I'd say diversify your hobbies. Um, if I had the opportunity, maybe talk to like a therapist or a dietitian so that I learned how to like eat like a normal person because I didn't have that. That would be my advice for the young Pat. I know, I know we're almost out of time here. So I'm just going to jump to my last question. Um, Cause I appreciate your time and you coming on the podcast, but I want to make sure we're ready here on time for the last question. I like to flip the script a little bit. So instead of me asking the question, it's you asking the question, but it's not to me. Pretend you have a crystal ball 
and you can ask this crystal ball any question. You'll get the 100% honest answer. What is one question you want to know the answer to? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it could be anything. Anything. I'd probably want to know how it all ends. How like really? the world ends or if it starts over. Or life after death. I'd want to know what's up there. Not that anyone would believe me after I get the answer, but I just be like, I know. I know. You don't have to believe me, <laughs> but I know. Those are good questions. Um, what would you ask? And I want to thank you. So- what would I ask? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe like, am I on the right path or something? Or that might be it. It's probably what it'll be. I don't know if I'd want to know how it all ends because that would probably stress me out. Um. But just knowing the direction I'm going on is, is the right one, I think. Because I don't want to know too much ahead. I want, to, I want it to still be a surprise. So I think I don't want to know that the path I'm going on is right, but that's it. But um, I want to thank you for taking time to come on the podcast. I want to give you the floor. Where can the people find you? Plug anything and everything you got right now. Okay. Um, thank you for having me. My TikTok is at Lean Beef Patty. My spam account is at lean spam patty. My Instagram, <laughs> my Instagram is at lean beef patty. Spam account is also at lean spam patty. Um, YouTube is at lean beef patty. Twitter is at the real beef patty. And I believe that's it. Oh no, Twitch is at pinhead patty playing some video games and that is it i think thank you for having me jacob my pleasure i'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below so people can find it i want to thank you once again for taking time to come on the podcast i want to thank everybody for listening whether you've listened the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces i really appreciate you for taking time to check this out do me a big favor go and follow patty like i said everything will be linked in the show notes down below so you can find it if you can follow me you can find me everywhere on social media at the jacob kelly feel free to come and say hello my dms are always open as always today's podcast podcast is powered by surf thank you once again for listening we'll talk soon